I am a pack a day smoker. To this day still? To this day. Yep. Holy shiznit. I know. Oh, okay, people. I've known you for how many years now? About 10 years now. Surprise! (laughs) Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave? Are those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really? The how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Liz. Now, Liz, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? I am a pack a day smoker. To this day, still? To this day. Yep. Holy shiznit. I know. Surprise. <laughs> oh, okay, people. Here's the gist I asked her on, I know her, and I've known you for how many years now? Uh, about 10 years now. About 10 years. And I never knew you were a motherfucking smoker. Yeah. I know. And you're still a smoker. I am. (gasps) I had one right before I logged on. Yeah. Holy shit. This is like secret being shown right now. Yeah, I know. Okay. So when let's go back, let's take it back. Okay. When were you introduced to smoking and when did you have your first cigarette? Uh, My dad was a smoker. So I was around it uh, growing up, Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't. I tried it when I was in the sixth grade. So Mm. probably around 12 and a half, 13, uh, a friend of mine, her mom smoked and we were at her place home alone. There's the ashtray. Let's see what all the hype is about. Super curious. I was always very, very curious about everything. Like growing up, I had to just try things on my own. And that's when I had my first one. Okay. And what was that first moment of smoking? Not very enjoyable, you know, no, but yet I went back and tried it again. And, you know, isn't that that like any addict? Not really great the first time, but I'm going to try it again. I know. I know. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't get hooked right away. I didn't get very serious about it because I went through junior high without smoking, Uh but then you enter high school and suddenly there's a bunch of people around you that are smoking. My sister was smoking. My sister was smoking too. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of, it was one of those things that everybody was just doing and you start by bumming one off of somebody. And then Then if you're drinking underage, you're like, Oh, I'm going to smoke while I'm drinking. Exactly. They go hand in hand. And then before you know it, you're addicted to nicotine. 
And I feel like it happens quick. I smoked at the same age you did. And my friend's mom was, was like a two pack a day smoker. And when I, when my story, my friend lit it in the fireplace and her hair singed up (gasps) all the side of her head is singed because. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, it's funny. There's been, I think I had acrylics too, because acrylics are really big in high school. And then they, you know, they went away, they came back again, but I think I even lit one of my acrylics on fire <laughs> when I used my lighter and I was lighting my cigarette, my acrylic caught on fire and I had to like blow it out. <laughs> you know, it was nothing was ever enough to get me to just be like, okay, I'm done. Okay. Okay. But then when did it amplify when you actually started buying your own cigarettes and did you, it wasn't a secret then because all your friends were doing it. I hid it from my family, of course. Yeah. You know, my parents are super strict. So, you know, I couldn't let them know or really any of the other adults in my life, you know, not like teachers or, you know, any uh, doctors, forget it. Um, Cause I knew I would just get into a ton of trouble. And so we all snuck around and we hid it. And when we were young, we would go to gas stations and we mm-hmm. would wait outside until we found someone who we thought would be cool enough to help us out. And we would give them money and ask them to go inside and buy us cigarettes because we weren't old enough. Yeah. 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 So that's how we got them in high school. And, and then once I became old enough, it was like all hell broke. It's like, Oh yeah, I can go and get my own cigarettes now. So here's my question for you. Do you believe that cigarettes actually then allow is it like a gateway drug you know how they say like weed is a gateway drug do you believe cigarettes are actually the same thing in a way i think they definitely go hand in hand with alcohol because i remember when i i don't i don't drink anymore but when i was drinking i definitely smoked a lot more when i was drinking because i remember like the next day my throat would just be trashed um so i definitely think they go hand in hand with alcohol at least they did for me and i think it also gives you courage to try other things that you could smoke. Cause you're kind of like, you know what that feels like to inhale something. So you're like, Oh, I wonder what weed would be like, you know? And so I do think that it can be. I always just feel like it's a mask. When I see people smoking, I look at them and I'm like, what are you hiding? Like, what are you trying to run from? Yeah. And that's the thing about smoking. It's like, you know, I could easily say like cigarettes are my best friend, but they're also my worst enemy. And if you observe a smoker, mm-hmm. like if you go and just watch someone who's standing outside smoking a cigarette, they're not having a good time. No. Like they're bored. They're sad. They're stressed. They're miserable. Like they're escaping whatever it was they were doing five minutes ago. We're not having a good time smoking. You don't get anything from it. You don't get high. You know, you're literally just chasing the withdrawal from the prior cigarette. So what is that withdrawal like? Can you just explain that? Because I'm not a smoker. I never really was a smoker. But what is what makes you keep going back? For me, I think part of it is habit routine for sure. And then I think that some of it is I start to feel kind of like an anxiety kind of feeling of like something's missing. I should be doing something right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I go to. And then it also became my solution, well, what I thought was the solution, it's not, but what I thought was when I'm stressed out at work and I need to step away from my desk, I'll go outside and smoke. So I associated smoking with curing the stress from work. And it's not, you're just, I was feeling the withdrawal from the prior cigarette and that's what was getting me so irritated, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're really just fixing the irritation from the prior cigarette. It's not fixing my stress at work. (laughs) 
And here's the thing. And this is like, I'm in shock right now. You, you we got to go back a little bit even further between me and you. When you, she, how, when did you co- come to me and say, oh, by the way, I'm a smoker. It was like, it weird. wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It yeah. Wasn't that long. Because I've had, here's the thing with my smoking. Like it brings out so much shame for me. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed of it. And and that's why it's it's secret because there's only, you know, my family knows obviously because I eventually let them find out or I told them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like people at work, there might be like two people out of like 200 people that I work with that actually know that I smoke. Um, I'm really good at hiding it because I know the stigma around it. And I also know the health implications around it. So yeah. it's not like I'm super proud and like, Hey, guess what? I smoke cigarettes. Let's celebrate. You know, like that's not part of my life. I'm like, "Mm," you know, I hide it. And I think that that's part of why it took me so long to even tell you is because it's not something that I'm proud of. It's a very isolating addiction for me. Um, Meaning like when I was drinking, you usually drink with friends, you go to bars, you go to parties. It's this thing you guys all do together. Um, and sometimes even with other drugs, you, you sit around with friends and you get high together. Right. Smoking cigarettes is super isolating because I'm mostly doing it alone. So not only am I feeling like the shame that I'm smoking, but now I'm alone in smoking. And here's my question for you. When you smoke, it actually hurts other people more Yeah. physically because yeah. of Secondhand smoke. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Does that ever weigh on you? Is that why you keep it a secret so much or don't do it in front of anybody? Part of it is, yeah. I'm I've always been a very like cautious smoker. So if I'm in my car and there's someone in my car with me that A doesn't smoke or A or B doesn't know I smoke, I won't smoke. Um, I don't smoke in my house, I don't smoke in my workplace. Um, I don't I'm I'm always very, very careful about where I smoke. So that it doesn't bother other people, not just because, you know, I don't want them to know, but because I don't, I know how bad it smells. I know the health implications of it. Why would I want to impose that on somebody else? I know. I'm still in shock. You're still smoking, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and that's the thing is that it's, it's the hardest, I think the hardest addiction, really it's, I've been able to set aside the alcohol. I've been able to set aside, you know, other drugs that I've tried, um, mm-hmm. food, like, but this, the nicotine is a whole different beast. And because of the psychological component to it, of where you really do start to feel like it's a part of you and as much control as you think you have, you have no control. These cigarettes control me. Wow. They tell me when to take a break. They tell me when to smoke. And, you know, even when I go, let's say I have some friends of mine, they want to go somewhere. If it's any farther than let's say 30 minutes to an hour drive away and they're like, I'll just pick you up. I'm like, no, um, I have some errands I have to run. So I'm just going to meet you there because then I can be in my own car. I can smoke my cigarettes and they don't have to know. And I don't have to wait to smoke. So it's so controlling. It's insane. That is insane. And I've never smelled it on you. And I've hung out with you. Yeah, yeah, Okay. You just opened up such a good good point to this. I know I spend a lot of money on my cigarettes, which is like one topic, but yeah. Wait, let's do that first. How much money do you spend on your cigarettes? Well, I think the price of them now on average is between $10 to $11. But I know they were like $4 when I started smoking. They were like $2. When 
I knew about smoking. Yeah. I tried and it. I, and I remember every time I kept hearing that they were going to start raising the prices and raising the taxes. I remember saying, when they go up to $6, I'm quitting. When they go up to $7, I'm quitting. And now they're at like 10 or 11. I'm like, nope. That when that day comes, I'm no, I'm not, I'm kidding. Like it's insane. Right. And like, so now if I smoke a pack a day and they're between 10 to $11 a day at times 30 days, girl, you're over $300. That is over $300. That's like my car payment. That's literally my car payment. I'm smoking my car payment. (gasps) Holy shit. That's a lot of fucking money. (laughs) Listen to me discuss. I'm in shock right now. Uh, I know. And then, so now I'm adding on like the amount of effort I go into covering it up. So like if I'm at work and I want to go and take a smoke break, so I have to always have pockets, like whatever I'm wearing, because I have to have gum, hand sanitizer, perfume, my cigarette, my lighter. And every time it's so this whole routine, this like a ritual. Thing. Yeah. A ritual. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I have to go down to smoke and then I have to cover it up because I've come back in the building and gotten in the elevator. And I've had those people that are like, Ugh, cute. Like I, I have had that shame, like where people are just downright nasty about it, you know? And so I will go to all lengths to try to hide that and cover it up. You know, if I know someone's going to be in my car, I'm like, you know, I'll put in like a new air freshener or pull down uh, all the windows while yeah. you're driving, air that yeah. shit out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I probably spend, you know, just as much money on like, perfume and hand sanitizer and gum and you know let's not forget about you know any kind of like physical implications that it can start to cause too especially the longer you smoke then you have to start looking at what is this really doing to my health and, yeah. and you know and the I black lung people. the black lung that they show you as kids like the healthy lung and the black lung <laughs> yep and and I've had that shown to me. I've seen people or heard of people who have lung cancer. And I think we all have this thing of like, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. We're invincible. It's not, I'm invincible. Or or that'll be like, I have time. I have time. I'm only this age. I'm only this age. I'm only this age. And I'll deal with it when, if, right. And then you get so hooked into this that you don't even realize that stuff is happening in your body. Right. And you still don't have the strength to walk away. It's, and, and I'm scared to even think what it would take. Yeah. And I pray that I don't ever have to face that day. If there was, uh, you know, I had, I went and saw a doctor recently um, because he said that he could help me quit smoking and he prescribed medication. And, and I said, I, I literally feel like the only way I'm going to be able to quit smoking is if you put me in like a medically induced coma for like three to four days. Right. So I don't have to go through the whole withdrawal. Yeah. And then, um, and then I can go from there. Like it's, it's even just the first 24 hours I I've tried it and I cannot, and it's awful. Well, I thought you even did a program too, like yeah. a year ago when we talked about it, we were, I, you, I was like proud of you. You're doing it. And you did the program, right? Yeah. I made it, I think 16 hours. <gasps> Holy shit. <laughs> There's another secret people that I didn't know about. And yeah. you didn't even tell me. I know. You kept it a secret from me. I know. That's wow. because that shows you the level of shame. That totally, I because you've me. told me some really bad shit before. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I know. Isn't it interesting how I'm more comfortable talking about how I used to drink or a, a party drug I might've tried or someone that I've slept with or whatever. Yeah. Some toxic relationship or something. Yeah. And I think, and, and you know what else is crazy is that it 
smoking also prevents me from being fully present in my life. Yes. Completely. And the, like even just talking about the lengths I go to, to try to hide it. I was kind of like watching myself, you know, how you can kind of observe your own behavior and even in dating. So I have to go to so many lengths because I don't want them to know because I'm afraid I'm going to get rejected. So if I, I dated someone, I think four months one time and he never knew I smoked. Never knew. I didn't even think about the dating aspect. Like you do yeah. not put it because you're on dating apps right now. You're back in the dating game. Yeah. I'm trying to get back out there. And the thing is, it's like, I, I don't, I'm going to say this out loud. I do not want to be a smoker. There's a part of me that likes it, but I think I like it for the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah. That I think I'm getting something from it, but I'm really not. So what do you think if you thought right now, what do you think you're getting from it right now off the top of your head? False comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that it's my friend. It's something that it, it cures my boredom. It gives me something to do when I'm in the car. I have something to do. So it, the only thing I'm getting from it is things that you think are good, but they're not good. Like you think you're getting comforted. You think you have a friend. You think you have a distraction. But all of those things are keeping me from just being with myself. They're preventing me from being with myself and with my feelings. And if I'm if I if I'm being honest, like when I when I go on a date, let's say I have a cigarette on my way to the date, yeah. so I have to do the whole you know gum routine with the perfume, perfume and the body so spray, I'm, and right. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there across the table from someone, you know, and in my head I'm like, I really hope they can't smell it on me. You know, how much longer is this date so I can leave and have a cigarette? What if they want to go somewhere after this? How am I going to sneak in a cigarette? What if they want to kiss me goodnight? I'm going to have, what if they taste it on me? Guess what? I'm not present at that date. No. So there's a part of me that's unavailable because of cigarettes. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it's so complex. Um, and the amount of it's, it's exhausting, Brianna. It sounds exhausting because here's the thing. There's so much judgment more about smokers than there are about alcoholics. I believe I even have judgment. My husband used to smoke. I'm totally outing him. People. He used to (laughs) smoke. And when I would go out of town to work or shoot, he said the moment I left, he would go and buy a Carl's Jr. Burger and a pack of cigarettes and a Coke. And it was like his little ritual, but I could smell it on him. Even when he smoked like a week before, I can smell it in his nose when I kissed him. And it was a huge deal for us for him to quit. Yeah. He was a long-term smoker like you were. Yeah. And I've even like, I've lied about it on dating apps or I like, mm-hmm. when it asks you that question, I'll kind of skip over it. So that I, cause I'm like, I don't want to be a liar. You even know, though you're lying, lie. you're, you're like totally, lie, you're right? lying by omission. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm like, well, if I say no, then that's like really bad. But if I don't say anything, that's kind of bad. And like, we'll see how it goes and we'll start dating. And if I see it getting more serious, then I'll have to force myself to quit at that time. And it's like, and then I would meet somebody and sometimes they would be a smoker too. And they didn't say anything, you know, and suddenly it was like, awesome. Now I don't have to hide it anymore. We can just be smokers together, you know, or I but do you one. really want to date a smoker? No. See, no, you have judgment on it too. I know. I think because if I do, then it gives me permission. Like it mm. makes me feel like it's okay. That it's and okay. You like and living I, in the shame. Yeah. And if, if, if they accept it and they accept that part about me, then I'm okay. Mm. I don't have to change anything about myself. Like I can continue destroying my body just because they're comfortable with it. Wow. Yeah. 
I used to actually want to date smokers. I used to. Yeah. But now, no, I don't. Because you're more healthier in that department. But there's a part of you that's still disconnected from people in your life. Like me, you are still unavailable. You are still living in that dark shame. Yeah, I am. Smoking is holding me back from being my true, authentic, present self. Because if I'm in my head, or if I'm in shame, or if I'm craving a cigarette, then I'm not fully there, which means guess what I'm going to attract? I'm going to attract other people who aren't fully there either. And that's, I've seen that pattern. That pattern has been happening. I mean, part of the reason why I'm not in a relationship right now is because I've been so unavailable for so long that that's just what I keep meeting is unavailable people. And picking unavailable people. Yeah. Because there is still a part of you that wants to be unavailable. Yeah, exactly. Because if I can, if I can find someone else and there's something that's unavailable about them, then it gives me permission to be unavailable too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we don't have to get close, fear of intimate, you know, that whole, whole other topic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a psychological, like, mind fuck. <laughs> so here's the thing. Do you go on dates and not try to hide it? I haven't yet. Maybe that's the next step. Like the only time I've hit it, I hit it until it wasn't until the guy was like, oh, I'm going to go have a cigarette. And I was like, oh, me too. So I haven't, I'm, I'll never be the one to, to like initiate that. By the way, I'm going to have a cigarette right now. So, and that's, and that's part of the reason I think why I've held back from dating too, is because I keep telling myself I have to quit before I date. Yeah. And I'm saying, let's not even try to do that right now. Maybe there's something in you. If you really step into this truth of this is who you are, then you'll, there'll be a chance that you actually let it go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of like fighting and hiding, yeah, stepping into it and being like, okay, I am. And now what do I need to do? Yeah. So then you can allow yourself to actually be attached to other people, be attached to me. Like, so I know all of you. So someone you're dating knows all of you, your, your friends know all of you. And then it takes that stigma and shame away that our addiction feeds off of. Mm-hmm. I know. The more you hide it, the more you keep it close, the more you feed off of it. Definitely. It has that power. So yeah. I'm thinking if on the dating apps, when you start, check the fucking smoke box. Ooh. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because then I'll either meet someone who A, doesn't care. Yeah. Enough to say, no, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. Or B, I would just meet another smoker who would, and then there'd be no hiding or shaming going into it. Yeah. And then it might take the addict mind needing to do it because you're doing it anyways. Yeah. So like the more I'm, I'm hiding it and suppressing it while on a date, it's like that little voice is just going to get louder and louder and louder anyways. Yeah. So, and pretty soon it just takes over the conversation, the psyche, everything, because I'm now operating from a level of, I need to get out of here and go feed my addiction. And I'm no longer paying attention. Yeah. I'm no longer paying attention to you. Yeah. I don't, do I like you? I don't know. Cause I wasn't listening to what you were just saying, because I'm just trying to think about when can I go smoke or do you know I smoke? Like so much of that, those thoughts are just keeping you separate. Yeah. For sure. So I, I just think it, I, I say you got to check that smoking box and get out of the shame and get out of the secret. Cause that's what 
that's what's keeping you separate from the human race in general, your friends. Yep. Holding me back from a lot of things. Like, I don't want to travel and be on a plane for 10 hours because are you kidding me? What would I do? I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, go anywhere where smoking is prohibited because what am I going to do? Yeah. What if I start feeling awful? What if I start getting anxiety? What if I go into withdrawal? What if I'm uncomfortable and just want to sneak away to get out of the place? And you can't because smoking hasn't, especially now, smoking's been banned in so many more places. I mean, I think the entire city of Calabasas, you can't even smoke in. You yeah, know? pretty much a lot of places you can't smoke in yeah. anymore. Like, um, so I, it's holding me back from living like a full life. There you go. So step into the truth of what this situation is and get out of the secrets and the shame. That is literally the first step, I believe. If you want change, you got to get out of the shame. Yeah. Because if you think about all the other addictions and when you go to programs, like what are those first steps, right? It's like admitting, admitting. And so by talking about it, admitting is you're like, okay, here it is. We're going to look at it now. Yeah. Instead of like, no, 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 no. I don't smoke. I don't smoke that much. I don't spend that much. Money. I don't, I'm going to hide it. I'm going to lie. I'm going to, you know, I'm like, maybe it's stepping into it that will help be able to release it. Well, it, once we've talked about it like this, that's a hundred percent it. You're not going to get healthy. Stop smoking. If you're still in the shame and the secret, like you wanted to like be fixed before you actually went through all those processes of admitting it. Like, right. Because there's something we get, I think, and I think you might have said this earlier, I think there's something we get from having that secret. Once it's out and it's something that's not just for me anymore, it kind of takes the fun away from it. Does that make sense? Like maybe 20 minutes ago when we first started this, all I wanted to do was run away because I was uncomfortable and I wanted to run outside and go smoke. But now I'm like, well, we talked about it. It's out there and I don't feel like I have to hide this. So I don't even really need to smoke right now the power away from it just from talking about it. It is running your life because I'm in shock and I know you. So I'm like, and here's the thing. I'm like, Liz, if you want to be a smoker, fucking be a smoker and let people know and step into the authenticity. But then knowing you, I'm like, I don't want you to be a smoker. I don't want you to die quick. I don't want you to get lung cancer. I don't want you to be lying and, and, and in shame. So there's like two parts of me that's like living your truth. If you're going to do it, like at least like, hey, this is me. I know it's not perfect. But then the other part is it really is killing you. I know. And that's the crux of it all is that if I think a friend of mine, she she was a smoker and she quit for her own health reasons. And recently we were talking about it and she goes, if cigarettes weren't bad for you, I would smoke until the day I died. Like that's how much she enjoyed smoking and loved smoking. And I was like, yeah, I get it. If they weren't bad for me, then great. Let's smoke. Yeah. But there's that health component. Of course it matters to me. But here's the thing. You have kids. I know. I know. And when they start, you know, they used to ask me like, can you please quit? Can you please quit? And I'm like, oh, if it only were that easy. You know how many times I've been asked to quit? You know how many times people have said to me, you know, those things are bad for you. Like, duh. You think I don't know that? Like, all you're really doing is pissing me off right now because now I just want to like, I don't know, say something mean back to you. But they do have questions like, well, I think my daughter even tried one of mine. She stole one of mine. Yeah. I went to get a cigarette and I was like, this pack is not where I left it. And I think there's one less that I had in here. So I had to confront her and I was like, um, are you smoking? 
And she was like, yeah, I wanted to try one. And, and she did. And then she said she felt herself craving it the next day. And I was like, Oh, hell no, we're not doing this. Like, please hear. And I know that sometimes children have to experience things their way. I get it. I know that when your parent says, don't do something, you're probably still going to want to do it. So I've just been, I've tried to just be really honest about like, not that, no, you can't smoke. I've tried to open up the conversations of this is why I would like for you to not smoke because here is what I struggle with. And if it was easy to stop, I would have stopped a long time ago. And I don't want that for you. And what did she say to that? She said, she like, she's like, I totally hear you. I get it. Like, it makes sense. And, you know, I don't, I don't want, you know, to be addicted either, you know? So, um, but again, it's, whether or not she ever chooses to try it again is completely out of my control. Yeah. You know? And it's, you knew how many you had left and in yeah. the back and where you yeah. put it. It yeah. is literally like a lover. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but it's like, a low you're like tracking your, your, your lover. Wait, that's not where I left you. <laughs> yeah. I want to put like a, a, a low jack track. What's that Apple pod or Apple thing? People they're tracking people. Now you have one on your cigarette pack. Yeah. I have like a, a like a where's my, you know, yeah. and yeah. I'm going to have it for like, or find my, I think it's called find my, someone like find my pack of parliaments. <laughs> Parliaments. Oh, that's the brand. So yeah. where are you going to go from here now that I know your secret that you are still smoking? You know, on the one hand, I think the reason why I was so open to talking about it is because I think it helps me to even hear my own truth. And I think it helps take my own stigma about myself away because I'm able to like, let's not normalize it, but take away the fear of talking about it because if I can talk about it and get more honest about it, then maybe that will help me talk about it and be more honest about it with other people who could help me mm-hmm. to be able to quit. Or you, as we do, we like to live in that shame and secrets. Like that's the whole point of the show. I like to live in secrets. There's this part of me that has one foot in the door and one foot out. Yeah. And now you just blew your door wide open and I, I see you, I, I see know. you. And now that you're seeing, there's going to be a part of you that maybe takes that glamorization that your psyche is still holding on to from the past or something, you know, who knows? Yeah. And I think that there is that that other part of it. It protects me from having to really be seen. If I keep smoking, then I can keep my world kind of small, exactly the way it is. I feel like I have more control over my life because I know exactly what's coming. I know exactly who's in my life. I know exactly who knows my secrets. And quitting smoking will inevitably open up my world. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary. Do I want a bigger world? Absolutely. Do I feel held? I'm so held back by this addiction. It literally holds me back. Like, I'm like, I don't even want to go to Disneyland anymore because they banned smoking at Disneyland. So if I'm all the way over at like, um, like a small world and I haven't had a cigarette for quite a few hours, I would literally have to leave the park to go have a cigarette. So guess what? I don't want to go to Disneyland. And how sad is that? Who doesn't want to go to Disneyland? I mean, happiest place on earth. You don't even want to go to. I know. So I can stay home and be sad and alone with my cigarettes. And here's the thing. I don't love you any less. I just want to support you 
and, you know, either quitting or stepping into your truth. So I'm, I'm honored that you came on and really fucking told me a secret that rarely happens that people shock me. <laughs> so I, we are way over. I could talk to you forever, as you know, but my qu- last question for you is if anyone is listening, if they're a new smoker, if they're thinking about smoking, if they just don't, don't understand this addiction and someone in their life has it, what would be your advice for them? Oh, that's a good question. And it's a a very loaded question too, because I think that first of all, if you're the person that knows the smoker, stop shaming them, stop telling them to quit, stop telling them how bad it is for them. They know, and it only makes them feel worse. And it makes them actually want to smoke even more because they're just like, well, I'm hated. Might as well just keep smoking. It's awful feeling. Stop telling people that cigarettes are bad for them. They know. We know. We know more than anyone, we're harder on ourselves than anyone else's. And if you're the one that's smoking, hey, I think the more honest we're able to be about it, then we're able to ask for the support that we need and we can stop hiding behind ourselves, whether that means quitting or whether that means owning who you are. But either way, I think it's the honesty and the conversations that are going to be helpful. Mm. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for coming on and literally revealing your secret to me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.